Good afternoon, this is Father Toby in London, and I want to share with you today um, a homily that I'm going to preach to my students at King's College London um, at the opening Mass of the year. But let's begin with um, the, the Gospel um, from that Mass, and it's from uh, Luke chapter 11. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, say this when you pray. Father, may your name be held holy, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive each one who is in debt to us and do not put us to the test. One of the most beautiful sights I ever see in church is when you see little kids lighting candles and praying. I remember during one mass seeing a child earnestly in conversation with a statue of St. Peter, and it melts your heart. The child sees through the symbol to the reality, and that's a big part of being Catholic, to see through our sacramental signs to the realities they make present. Amongst the most beautiful things a parent can do is to teach a child how to pray. Teach a child to pray and you'll teach them something that will sustain them throughout all their life, in times good and in times tough. Prayer is both the fertiliser of their sacraments and their full effect will not be realised without it, but also it's the, the proof of relation with God and the condition of relation with God. Where there is no time spent with the other, no words exchanged with another, there is no possibility of true relation. And Jesus today teaches us how to pray. And it's my hope and prayer that we might both learn together this year how to pray, and more importantly, then actually pray together. But another beautiful thing that parents can do for a child is to educate them. Because education is in many ways the condition of freedom. The man or woman who does not know the truth cannot be free, because it is the truth which sets us free. Who is free who lives his or her life deceived by lies? Particularly for the freshers, but for all of us more generally, there's a couple of things to think about here. First, some thanksgiving. Through the help of parents, or at least some others, you've arrived at a superb university. Second, through the help of parents or others, you're at least on some level aware of the great love of God for you, and willing to respond to that. Your presence here is testament to that fact. That's a lot to be grateful for already. You'll hear me go on about gratitude a great deal this year, because I'm convinced more of it will transform our world and our lives. The one who is grateful recognises just how much is gift, and the one who feels gifted, not entitled, is much, much happier. My second point is about trust. Prayer is an act of trust. Most of the time we pray, nothing immediately happens. Maybe sometimes we don't expect it to. A prayer of thanksgiving, and there should be lots of those, well, that demands no response. 
but sometimes we will spend time there in prayer and we'll feel nothing. Sometimes we will ask for something or for some change and nothing will seem to happen or change. And my only advice there is to trust. Frustratingly for us, the goodness of God is revealed in his time and not ours. But remember, the goodness got you to the place you are now. And so you have good grounds for continuing to trust. But whilst our ultimate trust should be in God, we also need to trust others if we're to learn. You're going to have to trust your lecturers, but maybe sometimes you're also going to have to take what they say with a pinch of salt. Knowing who to trust is an exercise in prudence. Now, prudence isn't a flash word, but it is an important one. Prudence won't just stop you being an idiot, it will help you become wise, because a big part of prudence is asking others who know more. Let what God teaches us be the ultimate arbiter of truth. Be brave enough to hear uncomfortable things and then be humble enough to change your mind. I love each of you here because God tells me to and because you've been entrusted to the care of Lawrence, my fellow chaplain, and me by the bishops. And we both look forward to loving you better as we get to know you better. But because we love you, we will challenge you. As G.K. Chesterton once said, I don't need a church to tell me I'm wrong when I know I'm wrong. I need a church to tell me I'm wrong when I think I'm right. As God is your father, so the church is your mother. And I hope we might grow in love of both together this year. Bravery and humility will help us to do both. But sometimes it can be easier to listen to the truth than it is to live it. And that's why I speak so much of bravery today. It might be the case that you need the courage to speak up at times and proclaim the truth about the human person made in the image and likeness of God. There will be a lot of cultural pressure against doing that. We live in an age where male and female he created them has become a highly controversial statement. But I hope in this place, in this community, you'll find people who will give you the strength and the support to speak up when the time is right. Prudence, again, will help you decide when is the time to keep silent and when is the time to speak. And from Lawrence and me, you'll find as much help as you need in growing in your knowledge of faith and the skills to speak up for it. We are here for you. And on that point, the other thing I wanted to say concerns people you can trust. A wonderful book we read in our book group last year, The Love That Is God, said that about the most important moral decision you will ever make in your life is the friend you pick. The reality is that you will become like your friends. Now, I don't mean by that that if you think you're ugly, you should identify the beautiful people hang out with them, and in a matter of months you'll find yourself numbered amongst the beauties. Although looking out from here, you all look beautiful, so none of you should be having hopes dashed by that comment. But I do mean look for morally beautiful people. Look for people whose qualities you would like to share in, and the sort of qualities that will last you the rest of your life.
and unlike looks will not fade. You should find such people in here. I know for sure that they come here. This place should be full of people who are like that and who want to become like that. Don't be mediocre or half-hearted in anything you do this year. Try new things. Try things that you might not be good at. Be prepared to fail and you may succeed in ways you never thought possible. But most of all, be brave enough to set out in the project of growing in holiness together. Be brave enough to be explicit about it. Be brave enough to be explicit in the project of growing in moral beauty together. Don't be shy about suggesting prayer with one another. And then let's also have a few pints, shared meals and socials in the process, because that's all part of it too. The gospel changes all of our lives. And unless you become an anchorite living in a church building, most of your lives are going to be lived outside the church buildings. But all of your lives should be lived in the church because that's what you are. You are, we are together, the mystical body of Christ the church. As one of my brothers once said, the drunk drinks to forget, but the Christian drinks to remember. And we have lots that is good to remember, so much that Christ has done for us, so many wondrous lives of the saints to recall, and hopefully we'll create lots of good memories together. Be concerned with truth and with moral beauty, and these next few years will set you up for life, irrespective of the job you go on to. Discover the perfect love that casts out all fear and go boldly.